0: our Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Mariners, your home for daily Seattle Mariners news and analysis. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today is Thursday, December 2nd, 2021. I'm your host, Titan Gonzalez, joined as always by my co-host, Colby Patnode. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z and Colby at Pat 11 that's C-P-A-T-1-1. Be sure to also check out our Patreon where we talk about the Mariners even More and also get into some non baseball talk twice a week. Visit patreon.com forward slash control the zone for more information on that if you're interested. On today's episode of Locked On Mariners, or should I say Locked Out Mariners, the lockout is official. Major League Baseball coming to its first work stoppage since 1995. And you know, we could be talking about the ins and outs of the lockout today, but I'm sure you're as tired of it as Colby and I are. And frankly, it's it's not my job or Colby's job to spread the word of greedy, manipulative billionaires. You know, what is our job, however, is talking to you about the Mariners. And that's what we're going to be doing today. We're going to keep things focused on the Mariners. We're going to talk about Andres Munoz's extension, go over some of the latest insights from 710 ESPN Seattle, Shannon Dreer, and then assess where the Mariners are heading into the lockout And what they need to do once the new CBA is eventually finalized. If you like what you hear, give the show a follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to this. We greatly appreciate it. So Colby, Andres Munoz, hard-throwing righty, who the Mariners acquired in that huge four-player package back from the Padres in return for Austin Nola and uh, Dan Altavilla and Austin Adams uh, all the way back in August of 2020. Has been signed to a four-year extension, which buys out his three years of arbitration and buys out his year of pre-arb coming up for $7.5 million in total. And there are three club options added to that as well. So a little bit of a vote of confidence here in Munoz overall. But what do you think about this deal? Because really, I mean, there's no real risk involved here. And if Munoz pops the way that people think he might, I mean, this is a really great value for the Mariners.
1: Yeah. It's a deal that presents no downside for the, uh, for the team. Um, there's a chance Munoz leaves a little money on the table. Um, but he also gets immediate security. Um, and you know, he's going to cash at least seven and a half million dollars, which again, might, might mean he leaves money on the table, but in the life of a reliever who's already had one major surgery to, you know, pocket seven and a half million dollars guaranteed, uh, is, is, uh, pretty tempting. Um, so we don't know anything about the options yet. We haven't seen money breakdown on that. Uh, I would assume they're going to be below market value um, for a guy with Munoz's upside, but we'll wait and see how they look um, mm. again. There's no, there's no downside to the team whatsoever. Uh, if he doesn't even ever throw a pitch again for the Seattle Mariners, they're fine. They're they're not going to hurt. This deal is not going to prevent them from doing anything that they want. So, Again, there's no downside, uh, tremendous upside play for the Mariners. They might save millions of dollars down the road uh, by signing Munoz now, and, and uh, we'll wait and see uh, what type of reliever he turns out to be. But there's a non-zero chance the Mariners have just inked a, uh, a high-leverage reliever to a long, team-friendly extension, who is,
0: I believe, 23. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a really good, really good deal for Seattle. So Munoz, of course, coming off of Tommy John surgery, missed pretty much all of the 2021 season, was able to come back uh, to AAA late on in their season, in, in Tacoma season, and then made it f- uh, back for the Mariners' last game of the year against the Angels, made an appearance there for an inning and was showing you know triple digits on the on the fastball on multiple occasions Colby you were there in the building and obviously you didn't have the best seats really to you know analyze Munoz but uh you yesterday when we were talking on control of the zone you talked about just kind of the energy that Munoz brought in a otherwise pretty you know disappointing day for the Mariners on that Sunday
1: yeah there was definitely a
0: um a buzz uh, when he came into
1: the game um, and then there was, you know, understandable excitement when he was popping 99, a hundred miles an hour. I think he hit one Oh two once um, might've been my recollection, but uh, I, he was uh, certainly somebody that everybody kind of stopped what they were doing to watch. Um, mm-hmm. It's, it's funny, you know, we, we live in a, an era where velocity is, is nothing. And, and, you know, Jordan Hicks throws one Oh five with insane movement and 95 is like an average fastball now. But, uh, when a guy <laughs> reaches back and he hits triple digits, everybody kind of stops and, uh, yeah. just kind of watches what the guy's doing. So, um, yeah, it w- it was definitely look like a guy who, who hadn't pitched in a, like a super competitive game for a year and a half. Uh, definitely some nerves mm-hmm. going on there. Uh, but, uh, he, he throws hard and, uh, you know the slider is is something uh, i think it's going to be pretty good uh you know there's a little bit of edwin diaz in terms of just the the great basketball and the slider combo um mm. but it's really easy to see how he got the comparisons to uh francisco rodriguez the former angels closer uh because it's mm-hmm. it's a very similar setup and, and delivery and and pretty similar stuff too so uh yeah there was definitely a uh an energy created uh, when he when he took the mound, and that was in a game that was pretty much over, uh, mm-hmm. and it was looking very obvious that Seattle wasn't going to uh, to get the help they needed either, and there was still a buzz when uh, when he walked onto the mound.
0: So uh, obviously, he's not going to be a uh, they're they're not really going to depend on him to produce at such a high level right away especially in a bullpen that has guys like Diego Castillo, Paul Seawald, Casey Sadler, Drew Steckenrider. for now. We'll see how that all shakes out over the course of the offseason whenever we get started again here. Um, but what are some hurdles here for, for Munoz to overcome on his way to be in the pitcher that the Mariners hope they are getting?
1: Uh, command, uh, first and foremost. Um, not surprising. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of young guys who throw really hard. Um, he'll have some troubles locating his, his pitches. Uh, it's nothing to to panic about, but it is something that would prevent him from being a, you know, elite closer, I guess we'll, we'll call it. Um, or yeah. even just a high leverage guy. Uh, so yeah, he's got to work on that, but, um, and obviously he has to stay healthy. <laughs> that's, that's the big thing. Um, you know, there there might be some concerns about his delivery. Uh, it's it's pretty quick, and uh, there's a lot that can that can get thrown out of whack with it. But that's kind of what being a reliever entails. I mean, that's that's what you do when you're a relief pitcher. So, um, really, the biggest obstacle is can he avoid the walks? Uh, you know, mm-hmm. in the minor leagues, he was running walk rates, uh, which did get better. I mean. In his first year, he was at 17 years old. He was walking 7.3 batters per nine. That dropped to 6.2. Mm-hmm. Then it dropped to 4.7. Then it dropped to 4.5. Then it dropped to 4.3. Um, and then he got hurt. So, uh, if you if you can get that number around three and a half, I, I think you're going to have somebody who uh, you can pretty reliably trust to, uh, you know, pitch in in a high leverage situations somewhere down the road. So,
0: the lockout is in full swing right now. Major League Baseball has completely wiped its uh, websites clean of all uh, player likenesses and all that. All the articles talking about active players, and of course, the players are are you know having a little bit of fun with that as well, putting the uh, the blank player images and their Twitter display photos right now. Uh, but it's in full swing, so you know players can't communicate with their teams, teams can't communicate with their players, um, except for for minor leaguers that didn't play at the major league level. Uh, last year. Uh, so we're gonna be talking about you know where the Mariners stand right now and um, you know how what they can do, what they can't do, you know the little bits of information that we've gotten right before heading into this uh, lockout in just a moment. but real quick reminder, this episode of locked on Mariners is brought to you by betonline.ag. BetOnline has you covered all season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. And BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports bet online where the game starts you're listening to Locked On mariners thank you again for making us your first listen of the day just like you do here every day we greatly appreciate the support as always and hope you stick around with us during the lockout we're still going to find ways to have plenty of fun with this and talk about the mariners and talk about the few things that they've done this offseason talk about some of the things that they could still do this offseason and we're going to start that discussion right now, looking at some notes from Shannon Dreher of 710 ESPN Seattle. This uh, this little recap that I'm going to be going over here is provided by Ryan Blake at underscore Ryan underscore Blake on Twitter, uh, who says, per Dreher, Mariners are interested in Trevor's story first, then Chris Bryant. They are unlikely to go over six years for either one of them, which was an issue with Marcus Simeon. Mark Feinstein, of course, reported that the Mariners Offered Simeon five years, uh, he ended up taking a seven-year deal with the Rangers. Um, Shannon uh, notes that the Mariners are probably signing either either a third baseman or Seiya Suzuki, the Japanese outfielder who's currently a free agent looking for a place to sign. Uh, the Mariners are very interested in Matt Chapman and acquiring him from the Oakland A's as an impact bat, quote-unquote. They are also looking to trade for a number two or number three starting pitcher to go along with Robbie Ray. Uh, They are also apparently not in the price range for Michael Conforto or Nick Castellanos. uh, Not a fit for Freddie Freeman or Kyle Schwarber. Uh, Kevin Gossman was probably the notable offer that Jerry DiPoto mentioned uh, on Saturday when he was meeting with the press following the Adam Frazier acquisition. So uh, that's pretty much the, the notes here on the Mariners' side of things. So, Colby, what stands out to you about, it, about this, if, if anything? Uh, a lot
1: that I don't like at all, uh, to be quite mm-hmm. honest with you. Uh, considering Same. Matt Chapman and Impact Bat, that's yucky. Um, Story over Bryant to me, that's a mistake. Uh, the fact that they might even be willing to consider going six years on Story is a massive mistake for me. Uh, The fact that they're, it's either or, either they're going to get a third baseman or, say, a Suzuki. Why not both? You have a need for both. Mm -hmm. Go get both. Uh, The fact that they're already Mm -hmm. saying they're not in the market for Conforto and Castellanos, that's not good. Um, I mean, if the market is like five years and 125 million, fine, but I I doubt that's what it is. Uh, Maybe Mm -hmm. for Castellanos, but probably not for Conforto. Um, Yeah, it just, There's a lot there that I just I don't like uh, the not so much the attitude, but the the valuations of of players. I I don't think that story is uh, a safe bet. Uh, Somebody I would give six years to. I don't think that Matt Chapman is anywhere close to an impact bat right now. Um, You know, the the only thing in there that I was like, yeah, that that sounds good is is acquiring another number two or number three starter. Um, Yeah. And you know, just kind of reading between the lines, there uh, the fact that they want story over over Bryant, they they aren't in on Castellanos and Conforto. They're looking to add another, uh, you know, another mid rotation arm or top of the rotation arm. Uh, the fact that they've already acquired Robbie Ray and Adam Frazier kind of makes me think. And that they're so interested in Matt Chapman, it all kind of makes me think that they are focused more on run prevention than scoring more runs. That they think they can score more runs simply by. You know, Kelnick getting more experience, and Lewis coming back healthy, and Toro getting more experience, and Julio coming up. Not that Frazier and and you know Matt Chapman and Trevor Story won't help him score more runs. They certainly will. But those are gloves. I mean, Story is a, a an above average plus defender at shortstop. I don't know how he'd be at third. Uh, Chapman is obviously a great defender at third. Frazier's is a great de- defender at uh, at second base, and so. You know Ray again, but good fit for the ballpark. Strikes got a lot of guys out. They want another guy, at least in in Ray's. You know maybe the tier down from where Robbie Ray is right now. That all screams run prevention to me more so than than adding offense. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, it can work, but I mean, gosh, eventually you can't win games. You know, zero to negative one. Eventually, you're going to have to hit. Um, and I just, I don't, I don't like the idea of prioritizing uh, defense over offense. Um, Again, not that the guys that they're talking about won't help them offensively. It's just not as much as I think they're banking on.
0: Yeah, the two notes here that really concern me are the uh, probably signing a third baseman or Suzuki Mm. and uh, the not in the price range for Conforto or Cassianos. What that signifies to me is that Jerry DePoto doesn't have a ton of money to play with here because like even after signing Robbie Ray and trading for Adam Frazier they're not even back to where they were at the end of 2021 in payroll so I just like yeah you sign story and you you probably you know give story what 22 to 25 million dollars AAV that's great and all but I mean you should have more flexibility to spend like there should be space there to add uh, Michael Conforto or, who, or even say a Suzuki, because I mean, the, the projections on Suzuki aren't, you know, 18, 20 million dollars, and I don't think it's ever going to get there. I think at most, say a Suzuki is probably making 12 million dollars AAV. And I just, the, the fact that it's in the either or situation and they're not in the price range for Conforto or Cassianos, I just, and, and like you said, like if it's just an astronomical number on either one of those guys, then then fine, I get that but i don't think it is like I, I don't think that's really realistic especially with how we've seen the market and, and you and i have been pretty good with the valuations here i think a lot of people have been pretty spot on with the valuations and what they ended up being this year in the market for a lot of guys so i just i don't envision that happening um so i i am concerned that maybe jerry depoto doesn't have a ton of money to work with here um, in the, in the way that he should, and, and, you know, the good thing here is the number two, number three starter. I think that that's, that's great that they're looking for another guy who is at least as good as Marco Gonzalez, if not better. I think that's fantastic. Um, you know, that, that's exactly what they should be aiming for. I'm fine with Matt Chapman. I don't consider him an impact bat either. I think you're, uh, if you are considering him that, I mean, you're really banking on the, on the idea that he's going to get back to 2018 levels. And I just, I'm not comfortable with doing that. Um, So I, I just, yeah, like, I like the idea of trading for him. I just, I'm not a huge fan of, of considering him to be that guy, especially if they don't get a story or a Bryant, and then that's their answer to losing out on either one of those guys. And, And they, you know, basically wash their hands and say, yep, we got our impact bat. Not super thrilled with with what I'm hearing from from this. Um, the you know Gossman being the notable offer that DePoto, DePoto mentioned is not a surprise. Um, I would sense. be interested in hearing who that other offer was. Um, do you have any guesses on who that other offer might have been? No, because he only said there was one notable offer. Yeah, it's
1: uh, it was Clint Frazier clearly um <laughs> it was probably it was probably like a, a role player platoon player or bullpen arm or something like that um yeah it's kind of weird phrasing for him to say one of them is notable like if it's a 26 man roster edition it's notable <laughs> i i guess mm. he means large is probably what he meant like a, a, a yeah a, so maybe it's just like a one-year deal of the market yeah, yeah yeah so yeah we'll see how all that plays out um yeah i just you know it's just it's one of those things where it's like look i'm not saying that they can't acquire trevor story and Matt chapman and 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 i'm like oh okay i get it that makes sense at that number at that price at that value it makes sense mm-hmm. um i'm just saying that it, it and i i don't necessarily agree with you that i think jerry's running out of money because like i said story's going to make or story's going to get you know 25 hypothetically right right um, yeah. chapman is supposed to make like 8 or 9 this year. So sure. you bring those two guys in there's 30 million, the number two, number three starter. I'm assuming he's talking, I'm assuming they're, they're looking at that for, uh, via trade because there really isn't another guy like that on the free agent market right now. Um, yeah. No. So that guys probably into arbitration or he's, or he's sunny gray and he's making 10. Um, so I, I, don't, I don't think they're necessarily running out of money, but the fact that they're, they're like, Oh, well we can do a third baseman or Suzuki. It's like, So you're telling me you don't want to you don't have like like maybe you're willing to spend one hundred and ten, but you're not willing to spend one hundred and eighteen. Like that's that's what you're telling me. That's that's not great, but we'll see how it all fits together. And, and, you know, unfortunately, we probably have at least two months before, uh, you know, any of those things can even begin to start to come to fruition. So we'll see. Although I suppose GMs could probably negotiate trades. They just can't become official until there's a CBA
0: right Mm, maybe i don't know i I would not be the one to ask about that yeah so we'll we'll have to see on that front but that uh yeah if i had to assume the 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 number two or number three starter that's one of the reds or a's guys yeah which i mean you and i have been under the impression that they're getting at least one of those guys i mean because there's six of them right like yeah the, the odds are pretty good that if the Mariners are interested in pretty much all of them, then they're going to land one of them. Do I think all six of them are in, are going to end up being dealt just in general? Probably nah. not, especially not for guys like Tyler Malley, who might have just right. an incredibly expensive price tag on them. But um, yeah, I... I um, I think they're going to land a Bassett. I think they're going to land a Sonny Gray. I think they're going to land, you know, Shamanaya, etc. I don't know if they'll get Kesti or Montes, but I think it's going to be one of those guys.
1: Yeah, I would be pretty shocked if, if Mania and Bassett weren't traded by Oakland and Sonny Gray. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those three are, are definitely getting traded. And the other three, I think they're definitely available, but they're definitely more expensive. So uh, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. But yeah, th- those are the, the, like, the big six obvious trade candidates. Yeah. Um, that Jerry, that would they would fit pretty close to what Jerry's talking about.
0: So, what should the Mariners do from here? Because you know, I look at these notes from Dreher's, um you know discussion yesterday on seven ten, and really, you know, the big thing for me here, which we didn't get into last segment, was. They need outfielders, and it just doesn't seem like they're really in on anyone on that front. And I mean, I know the market isn't great there, but I mean, you know, we've talked about this time and time again with the misconception here amongst a lot of Mariners fans that, oh, the Mariners are fine because they have all these guys in the farm system and all that in the outfield. Well, you don't have really any proven outfielders, and you need to get better, especially defensively in the outfield. And, you know, you talked about run prevention, right? Last segment, well, they really need to get a lot better and run prevention in the outfield. And, uh, you know, especially with a guy like Robbie Ray, who's a fly ball pitcher, I mean, this just, uh, I just, I I feel like they're letting this maybe slip by, but I would like for them to, you know, once this lockout comes to an end, to address the outfield in some way, because the way that the state that it's currently in is just not acceptable for the team that they're trying to build.
1: No, it puts too much pressure on Kelnick and Lewis and, and Julio. Um, and honestly, I mean, Jake Fraley, you're, you're kind of asking him to be what he was in May and June instead of what he was in August, September. Like that's, yeah, <laughs> that seems like you're asking a lot. And you're talking about throwing Toro out there to take some fly balls. That's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like he's going to be great out there right away. So mm-hmm. yeah, they they need, obviously we know Hanager can't defend really at all. It's like, just,
0: honestly, Adam Frazier might be your best defensive outfielder, and he's not even a natural outfielder, and that's a problem.
1: Uh, big time, big time. I do wonder, like again, because we talked about in the last segment that it, 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 the names that are being mentioned, a lot of their value comes in run prevention versus run scoring. Mm-hmm. Um, it does make me wonder, if maybe they're one of the teams that's in on Kevin Kiermaier, um, who, uh, not only you know, gives you one of the. Three best center fielders in all of baseball. It also makes your the rest of your outfielders better. Uh, they don't have to cover as much ground. Um, you know, it just it slots everybody into a proper space. Um, so yeah, it, it makes me wonder if if maybe they're one of the teams in on Kiermaier, who's kind of the only plus defensive center fielder who's available um, right now. Uh, and it might
0: be available on the cheap ish,
1: pretty cheap, I would say. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I I think you know maybe Kiermaier's the the answer here. Um, and again, that just makes you know Kelnick and left and and or Lewis and left and Kelnick and right or whatever. Um, you know, Kiermaier can cover the gaps and and can really help out the uh, the team that way. Um, not awful with the bat I, with the bat uh, either, but yeah, you're you're mostly looking for defensive help there, and it feels like look. You can't have this this infield of of France, uh, Frazier, JP, and 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 Chapman or or Frazier and Story, whatever it is. Like mm-hmm. that's 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 a good that's good infield. You can't back it up with four unproven players in the outfield. I mean, say Suzuki's a better better bet to hit this year than than Jared Kelnick, than Kyle Lewis. You know, like, and he hasn't even played no. in the big leagues. So I, I just. Yeah, yeah, they they cannot just walk in and be like, okay, well, look, we're gonna go with Lewis and Kelnick and 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 Haniger and and you know Julio's got a shot. Like if they go into the off they yeah. go into spring training whenever that starts, and we're sitting here talking about, oh, Julio's got a real shot. Look at what what's ahead of him in the outfield. That's a failure on the Mariners' yep. part.
0: Yeah, and then you know yesterday Jerry Depoto didn't sound confident at all about where Kyle Lewis will end up playing. In 2022 uh jared kelnick as he's added muscle has, has seen his def- defense decline uh jake fraley while he had some you know really fun plays out in the outfield is sometimes an adventure out there so it's just it's really it's concerning and obviously we've talked about mitch and how his defense has declined and he's probably a a dh unless he taps into something um you know you know a little more removed from his injury but i i just you really can't bank on that so i just yeah right now defensively in the outfield you are not in a great spot so uh let me ask you this though um just going off of the outfield conversation here and just talking about the lockout in general what do you think would benefit the mariners more if the lockout starts earlier or if the lockout rather ends earlier in January or February or right before, you know, spring training games are scheduled to start in March.
1: Hopefully we get spring training games in March. Um probably the latter. I what what do you think?
0: I yeah, I mean like I I feel like if anyone can navigate such a frantic market, it would be Jerry DePoto. Um, especially with the conversations that I would assume he's already had, and 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 those will obviously continue once the lockout is over, and I'm sure there will be some under the table stuff as well, you know. But I just, uh, I don't know. I, I I feel like yeah, if it gets closer where lockout ends, and let's say you know teams have like two weeks before spring training is is set to start, you know, before like you know for them to basically hammer out free agency and everything um i feel like that benefits the mariners that benefits a gm like jerry depoto who just makes things happen um but i do get i i do find myself a little bit concerned about how they could just end up falling into the rest of the pack and not getting anything done that they want to and end up having to get a little bit desperate on the market as well
1: Yeah, that's that's why we talked about how important it was for Seattle to get, you know, some things done. Um,
0: Yeah, and that's why it's great that they got Ray, you know, they got a top of the rotation starter for themselves. They got a nice, you know, utility piece potential starting second baseman of Frazier like that's like had they not done those things, I'd be a lot more concerned. Yeah. Um, but those are two of the biggest items on your checklist.
1: I um, guess ideally mm-hmm. you want Frazier to be your utility guy, but if he's your everyday second baseman, then you still check off the improve second base from your checklist. Cause that's a huge upgrade. So um, improve yeah. the top of the rotation, check, improve second base, check, improve the outfield, improve third base, um, you know, add some more depth. Those are all things that are unchecked right now. Um doesn't mean that they, of course, you know, won't be uh in in, you know, a few months from now. But uh so far, two of probably the biggest five or six items they've got figured out. Um and you know, arguably the the most important one they, they have figured out already. They got their top of the rotation arm. Um so yeah, hopefully it's it's you know, that that's why I, I would think that major league baseball would have I, I, obviously, locking out the players is, is, is dumb, especially when there's nothing going on in terms of like games or activities or anything like that. Mm. But n- now, you know, everybody's going to talk about the lockout and, and nobody's talking about the free agent signings or the, you know, uh, trade discussions or anything like that. They should have kept, they should have allowed that to keep going. Um, and maybe they do, maybe teams can still like, Hey, we've agreed in principle to this trade. Um, but you know, that would have been, better for the teams, the players, um, the fans, uh, but, uh, you know, doesn't matter to the owners. So, uh, yeah, hopefully they they can get something done. Hopefully they were close on a few things at the, you know, mm-hmm. f- at nine o'clock last night. It sounds like, I mean, it's really hard not to believe that they're not pretty close on story. Um, so mm-hmm. hopefully that's something close so that, you know, day one, they can get that done across the finish line. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how it all plays out.
0: Um, yeah, it's possible there's some handshake agreements and stuff like that that are in place. Um, and the Mariners don't leak things, right? So yeah. if they do have anything like that in place, pretty good shot that no one knows except for those involved. So um, yeah, so we'll just kind of have to see how how that all shakes itself out. But I I, I do feel like with the discussion because I mean teams aren't stupid. They knew what was coming uh, even if they didn't say it publicly, like obviously they, they couldn't say it publicly, but they, uh, they knew what was coming. So um, the Mariners, you know, they, they were very busy over the last week or so. in having these discussions, they met with every single free agent you could possibly think of under the sun at, at some point in time over the last few weeks. And um, you know, just kind of gauged the market and figured out what they wanted to do better. And um you know the jerry depoto mentioned that they were involved in some trade talks yesterday they were involved with a couple of free agents i would assume one of those is is definitely trevor story and and chris bryant as well um so yeah so i think they're they they understand where they stand um and now it's just about you know pushing everything across the goal line basically and i i think they're probably well positioned to do that so i'm not super concerned and like i said with Robbie Ray and Adam Frazier already in tow. I feel a lot better than I would have had they not done any of that stuff. And so I, I feel good about things. I feel a lot better about things than I would if I were a Yankees fan. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> like they Correct. haven't done anything or uh, or, you know, also the Red Sox. What are the Red Sox doing, man? That's I a don't weird off season for them.
1: I don't know what they're doing. Um yeah, I, I tweeted out last night that it's not good for baseball that, uh, or it's not good news that the Yankees haven't done anything. And so it's like, "Oh, it's great news for everybody else." No, it's not. No, it's not. Uh, if the Yankees aren't spending money, that's a problem. Uh, and it kind of well, yeah. Be- they
0: basically said, "Like we're not interested in Corey Seager. We're going to go after Andrelton Simmons."
1: Yeah, <laughs> like, like what the yank? Think about that for the New York Yankees. Are so averse to spending money that their big, their big move right now is to try and trade for Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. the Yankees. Yeah, that's bad for players. That's bad for fans. Obviously, it's really bad for Yankee fans. Um, but it's it's yeah. bad for the game. So yes, the Yankees not sign not spending and and I, it's not like the Red Sox aren't spending. I just have
0: no idea what their plan is. Um, it just <laughs> seems added like random three, moves. number four slash number fives and traded like. One of their best outfielders. Well, one of, one of, of time them time. they're
1: not one of them they're not even gonna get until July if they get him yeah. back at all. And, and it just like what? Michael Waka wasn't all that good. Rich Hill was pretty good. And that, that that was a fine deal. But like he went to the ALCS last year. And this is what okay, like I mean
0: <clears Also <clears like <throat> they paid James Paxton ten million dollars mm-hmm. to pitch for two months for them. Like, I love James Paxson. Don't get me wrong. I'm glad he got paid. That's great for him. But what the hell are the Red Sox doing giving out that contract? It makes no sense to me. Just, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm baffled by some of the teams uh, this offseason and what they're doing or, or what they're not doing, rather. But uh, I'm glad that the Mariners, at least, they're, they seem to be following through on their plan, on what they pretty much promised to the general public of what they were going to do. And and we're seeing that come to fruition now. And hopefully that continues once we eventually get out of this lockout, whether that's going to be next week or a month from now or three months from now, whenever it's going to be, Um, you know, expect a a longer one and, and hope for the best that maybe it ends sooner than you expect. But yeah, this is going to be interesting to say the least to see how this all plays out. Uh, but like I said earlier, you know, we're, we're still going to have a lot of fun over uh, the next few months, uh, towards the end of the month, we're going to be going to three shows a week. We'll let you know when that's happening, but be sure to subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash control zone. Cause we do post two shows a week on there. So if you still want to get us five times a week, um, you can subscribe there and we will be doing five shows a week. Technically when you combine those two shows plus, um, our three here on Locked On Mariners, and we also do a live show on YouTube on Friday, so be sure to check out check that out. Um, so that's going to do it for our show today. Thank you so much for joining us here on Locked On Mariners. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tidy Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at lo underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez's D A N E G N Z L Z and Colby at C eleven at C P A T one one. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first. Listen of the day, just like you do every day. We greatly appreciate the sport. Be sure to join us tomorrow for Fan Fiction Friday. Submit your Mariners trade proposals either via Twitter or email at LockedOnMariners at gmail.com, and we'll read and grade them live on tomorrow's show. But in the meantime, make your second listen of the day, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. And just like us, their show is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you tomorrow.